You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T-Mac. And I'm Cookie Monster. And we're joined by PC. PC in the house. But I shouldn't say that. Actually, out loud. Hi guys, it's always a pleasure to be here and I must say it's always uh, awkward for you guys to say um, he's our low-key favorite. Yeah, okay, high-key. <laughs> 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 Let me declare to them please. <laughs> it's such a pleasure and an honor, guys. Yeah. Um, this is an awesome, awesome podcast. Thank, thank you, PC. Thank you. And thanks yeah. for listening. I'm not sure if all of our, our guests listen to the podcast. Actually. Yeah. I, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. We need to make it a policy. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And introduce a logbook of sorts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the log, logbook. What did you listen to? What did you hear? Key points, you know, key takeaways from okay. this podcast. Yeah. And just, just so you all know, um, so T-Mike says I'm her favorite sometimes <laughs> so i'm just i don't know man i just kind of feel like there's like yeah. a bit of an integrity issue yeah. here yeah. and you're my favorite in Zambia. there we go okay yeah well, can you debate that i, I have no retort <laughs> <laughs> one of the things we do with this podcast i actually share it on our church whatsapp platform eh? so that some of our members uh, get to hear and uh, be a part of um, what's going on here. I I just want to share some of the feedback with you guys. Oh, no. It's, it's good. Okay. It's always yeah, good. The way you obviously. said that, it was like, I'm trying to protect you guys. <laughs> it's just no, I like that. getting no, no opportunity to, 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 to obviously just talk back to you guys and say, hey, so-and-so was actually listening to the podcast and um, they were blessed by it. I make it a point. That's I actually make it a point um, to, to share Whatever it is that we we discuss here, with that shout one. out to Ecclesia that, that Church. That is so dope. Shout out, shout out, shout out. Mm. Thank you for um, listening, guys. Yeah. Then I, I I would have said you're my favorite Gumbi, but unfortunately. <laughs> and even you can't even say I'm your favorite Makoni either. So what am I? Good. So anyway, moving on. Yeah, so exactly. like um, <clears throat> yeah. What are we talking about today? Okay. PC. Happy New Year. Thank you. Same to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Com- compliments. Compliments. Of what does that? Act- what does that actually mean, though? I don't know, but me, I used it a lot. Okay. I, it I just, just, I just, it it's like the that. polite thing to say, right? Like yeah. when they say that to me, I, I say happy new year to you too. Okay. okay. I don't know if I, I don't know if it's right, but that's what I say. Maybe maybe we need somebody to actually explain to us. Compliments. But not to compliments and the compliments of the new season. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, what does it actually mean? Who came up with it? What's the background of it? That's maybe that's some homework there for somebody. But anyway, the new season. Let's yeah. talk about that. Yep. Does the new year really usher in the new season? Actually, I think it's really different for a lot of churches because people follow different calendars these days. I don't know what year my church is in <laughs> right now. <laughs> Fifty-one something something. Wait, I don't are, know. Are you going to like one of those? Like weird churches. No, I'm just saying. I'm just trying to understand. People have different calendars. Like, why is our new season determined by calendars, my point, when there's so many different calendars in the first place? Does God really care? Well, I think some churches follow, uh, not follow per se, but they they, um, they sort of track with the Jewish calendar. Some, yeah. So are we in the new year if it's the Jewish calendar? Until New Year, I got to not September, even the Jewish calendar. You know, this is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> even though there are different types of New Year's, 
I guess everybody uh, recognizes the universal new year mm. yeah. because of how um, it's interwoven into every aspect of our lives. This is yeah. it. So even though there's a Chinese new year, there's a Jewish, Jewish new year, Greek Orthodox new year, etc. The Coptic church uh, and so forth. Oh yeah, because they follow their own... Yes, you find out that the day the 1st of January hits is a universal acceptance that it's a new year of sorts. Mm-hmm. Even though perhaps from a religious perspective, um, thrusts and uh, focuses might be different. I guess it would be primarily different with the non... I don't even know if I should say non-Christian circles, but uh, within, our, within Christendom, mm-hmm. everybody generally mm-hmm. adheres to... One January as, uh, as a new Do you guys year. remember where you were New Year's 1999, waiting for the year 2000, yes. thinking that we are Y2K. all going to just disappear? That was right. a bad of Y2K, actually. Really? I was, I was just about to leave my teens. I must uh, tell the uh, the listeners that I'm, I wasn't very proud of what I was doing on the... <laughs> On the 31st of, of December, December 1999, we're busy party and club hopping actually on that particular day. I remember it very well. Hmm. Started off by watching American Pie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. I think so. I don't know if it was the same day, but... American, American Pie. Yes. When um, 99 Parkland used to be a movie house. Not what it is right now. Oh my god. That word. used to be a movie house, eh? So I'm, I'm sure that's what started. And then there was a party, then we started looking for, uh, okay, maybe to also sanitize whoever is hearing. <laughs> I was a non alcohol taking person. Even was, then. Even okay. then, so yeah. And I didn't get down to much trouble. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if it should uh, make other people <laughs> feel better. <laughs> right. But yeah, I remember it was quite tough for, for us then. It was quite interesting that uh, we were very keen to enter into 2000, yeah. Mm. Sorry to disturb you, but um, apparently compliments of the new season is used by people who are not religious, who are trying to avoid the terms <coughs> Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah. So oh. it's a sad new year. <laughs> but then, uh, they're saying out of respect, they want to acknowledge to... Could you, this Spanish read it up? Yeah. I, mean, I think that's just an edit. Yeah. I will edit that part out of respect bit. Do <laughs> 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 want to say so that they sanitize it? Eh? Yes. Don't worry. By this time next year, we'll be binding those demonic anti Christ. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> you want to have some compliments? Yeah, Christian, you must say it. <laughs> and every new year. <laughs> I don't know. Should we be saying Merry Christmas? I mean, that's that's a whole that's a whole thing. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know if you want to get into that. Um, so what are we talking about today? I think that's New Year, New Season, mm-hmm. New Things. A lot of churches tend to kick off this New Year, this New Season, with fasting. A lot of the time, not all the time, but some of the time. Um, and I guess it's a way of giving the first fruits of your year to the Lord, so that the rest of it will be blessed. But we want to hear more about that from you, PC. What's the relevance of people fasting at the beginning of the year? I think it's an issue of focus if you're going to talk about fasting. Mm-hmm. I think it's just people trying to align themselves to, obviously, the beginning of a year and make sure that they're in the right spiritual shape mm-hmm. to get to um, get into the year. So... How I see it is people are just trying to find a balance, find alignment, find some sort of focus 
and just be ready from a spiritual perspective mm -hmm. to enter into a new year. In my um, humble opinion, I think it's a it's a cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's a cool thing to do. By the way, did you have a crossover service? We did. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I only discovered later that some people have got issues with that term crossover. Hey? Why? Um, different theological persuasions. Eh? Oh. I just think it's just a term, basically. Yeah. But, uh, I feel like... Well, better than judgment night. Okay, we shall get into that. <laughs> I just feel like people are starting to have... Why is that people have issues with everything these days? Do, do you understand? Like, mm -hmm. there's always somebody who's got an issue with something. Mm -hmm. Why are we using this term? Or, and I'm just like, why? Why have we... Have, why have we become so sensitive to everything? Sensitive mm -hmm. about everything? We've... Also, I guess there, there is a bit of a surge in the number of uh, crossover services. I guess almost every church is doing it. I don't think there's it's a surge become... in the number. There's a surge in the number of billboards advertising them. Absolutely. Okay, not well. of them actually happening. I okay, maybe. So maybe that. Because in, in, in the past, we never even used to call them crossover services. It was just all night. Yeah. I think it, it used to just yeah. be called all night uh, up until, you know. Yeah. Etc. Etc. Yeah, but I, uh, did, I did my fair share. <clears throat> mm -hmm. mm. Hope you're praying. Um, Nothing. Yeah. Um, so well, I was. So then there's that one that we spent at your house. Well, when, huh? we banned, when we banned church, do you remember? Huh? Are you implicating me in your crimes? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So PC. Back to you. <laughs> Yeah, man, we're like a bunch of us. Hey, yeah, I don't know anything about this. We kind of prayed. We kind of, we kind of just prayed. We're like, Lord, yeah, thank yeah, you for the new year. You're confusing me with a different Magoni, I think. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I was with your brother. I'm not the one. So, what then tends to happen is that it can become a bit of a tradition. Almost just like a, what do you call it? <clears throat> a, a, a routine, ritual. That's, mm. that's it. Ritual where people now just expect that at the beginning of the new year, we're going to have a crossover service then do them at 10 days yeah right and if you're not doing it it's like you're less of a christian if you're not fasting in january that that sort of thing D don't we then run the risk of actually losing the essence and the reason why why we we, 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 why do, we do it this? yeah let me start by saying it's not a biblical commandment number one to have a crossover service or to have um immediately fasting and prayer after that thank you for that let me just start from that from that premise mm -hmm. but like i said it's something which i would um i find joy i'm speaking from a personal perspective here mm -hmm. it's something i like it's something i defer to it's something i i feel i like the vibe around that thing like any other good thing like any other good thing whether it's a discipline whether it's a relationship whether it's a a habit, habit discipline could be the same thing. Anything, if it's if it doesn't maintain why it started, can quite easily lose its way. Mm -hmm. Even a movement, even a church, right. even a club, a social club. That is, you know, you know, when, whenever something is started, yeah. it really takes a bit of an effort after a while, mm -hmm. you know, to make sure that the original <laughs> intent for which it started. That's so true. Is maintained, right. and uh, to some extent, uh, maybe I'm running ahead of myself. Uh, we, the leaders, pastors, I guess, have got a great job to make sure that um, you know whatever it is that we're doing. Particularly now, we're talking about the ten days and yeah. so forth. Make sure that the heart and the essence, well, not ten days. By the way, do you know where ten days came from? No, actually, that's good homework for you. 
because the most famous in Zimbabwe is 10 days. 10 days, yeah. My my informal research, which is not yet um, comprehensive. comprehensive or validated, but I think it's correct, is that it actually emerged from um, the Zimbabwe Assemblies of God Africa, okay. Sayoja, okay. which is one of the largest Pentecostal um, denominations <laughs> yeah. in the country. So their 10 days of prayer has been probably prominent over the years that other churches then began to adopt the year is, um, you know, starting their own prayer and fasting uh, movements around that. And then obviously others changed, tweaked, etc., etc. But like I said, this is not a verified research. Yeah. It's what I've, what I've just gathered on the ground without very scholarly um, backing to that. But I think it's correct. Yeah. So when, when, the, when it was started, you generally want to go back to when it was started, why was it started? Like I said, this can really grow beyond just what we're talking about. Even to marriage, for example. Mm-hmm. Why is marriage lost its way? Why is it meaningless uh, in some circles? And why is it cheap? And why is it um, you know, not as valuable or as, as important in some places? It's because perhaps the original intent of the thing was lost along the way. So anything, as it grows, yeah, it must be maintained by um, those that are obviously managing it to ensure that the purpose... Uh, remains. I guess from purpose, mm-hmm. that's when passion comes out. And from that, you know, you've got maximum effectiveness uh, of whatever it is that's happening. I like that. Uh, which leads me to my next question, before I forget it. Uh, one of the other trends that's there with sort of um, attached to this is almost every church then has a word of the year or um, a message of the year. So you find that um, many churches will name the year, call it this is the year of abundance, or this is the year of God's grace, or this is the year. There are many different things. Some can be really fancy, <coughs> and some will have all these complicated Hebrew words and whatever, which, which, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But, but again, um, just wondering that does that, that, does it mean necessarily, PC, um, maybe... Okay, maybe I'm asking it's more of a rhetorical question, but I need to direct it to somebody. I don't know. That so if a particular leader says this is the year of abundance, for example, that does it mean that they've actually been listening to God and this is what God has said to them? Or or are we riding riding a wave? Question one. Uh, sec- follow-up question to that is is there a way of actually then um, tracking or verifying to see if this said word has played itself, played out. itself out? Has it manifested? How, how do we how do we measure at the end of the year, right? If what we said it was, was the a year word, of abundance. Yes, if there actually has been. So these are things that I I think you know important things to, to think about to talk about so that we don't just what you're talking about is yeah. is, is is music to my ears, eh? Because growing up as a Christian and then um, an informal theologian, if I can use that term, is these questions are also used to ask. Mm-hmm. So if you say it's the year of A, how about the person who says it's the year of B? Mm-hmm. And both of you, um, let's just come from, a, from an assumption that both of you are hearing from God. Mm-hmm. So who heard from God can, and so forth and so forth. So over the years, I've tried to make sense of it. <clears throat> and here's my take. My take number one is that every house, by every house I speak of a church, is what I would call 
for lack of a better term, an operational focus. Mm -hmm. Okay? So within their context and within who they are and within their identity, because different churches, even within, to some extent, same, same denominations, tend to have some sort of flavor that differs from the other. So each, each house is bound to have some sort of focus. That was my first, my first way of just trying to sanitize uh, various themes over, over that. But then let me go a bit into the, into the word there, into the Bible. If you go into Jesus' message in the book of Revelation to the churches, you know that he is one Christ, but he's got a very different message. To each church. To each church, yeah. even though the church is one. Mm-hmm. So you're bound, you, you can assume that within, at least for me, it's an assumption, and I hope it's the correct assumption. Mm-hmm. You then assume that within each church, every leadership is hearing what God is speaking for them, right? And then so they lay it out for people then to walk into it. Whether or not that's accomplished can be the result of a number of variables, particularly how the respondents or how the believers within the church are responding to what? To that particular to that particular word. So if it's a year of abundance, but, and, and I know we're using abundance um, um, just uh, as an example here, if people don't live out the abundance or if they're not adhering to the teachings that keep it with abundance, etc, etc, then it may be possible that uh, the abundance was just a moniker or a statement or a, or a theme that wasn't actually experienced. So why then it happens or is not could be um, the result of a number of variables, including but not limited to <laughs> how the people have responded to the word that's been given. Yeah, I like that. That's my take at least. At least that's how how I sanitize these things when I started asking myself yeah. these questions. Do we even have a theme? How about people do, that don't have a theme? Yeah. Does it mean that at the beginning of each year, God is very thematic, mm. right? Is then when you look into God Himself, I believe that remember He's not bound by time. He yes. doesn't have new uh, programs within time. That was kind but, of my issue. But yeah. what I see God doing is, as much as we're plotting, planning, sorry for using the word plotting, because sometimes it sounds bad, but as we're planning somehow, some way, whatever we're doing is fitting into this huge jigsaw yeah. of, of his will, sometimes in ways that we don't even see. Mm-hmm. Yes, we may make mistakes, yes, we may fall short, but somehow, some way, we're all piecing together a, 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 a puzzle we may not see on this side of eternity mm-hmm. which will make perfect sense on the other side of eternity mm-hmm. where suddenly everything was actually just fitting into what um what what god was always up to yeah because he is still building his church yeah he is still in the center of his church he is still working in his church despite you know the, the wrongs yeah. the missteps you know the mistakes yeah. and so forth and so forth god is still working yeah in his church yeah he hasn't forsaken his church yeah. Awesome. Out of interest, do you guys have a theme? We, we do. Um, ours is a denominational theme. Um, and funny enough, we are repeating last year's theme. Okay. I actually like you that. You see? I, I think that, that... Like God's not yeah. done yet. You Holding. see, this is why I was saying for me, the first answer when I, when I asked about themes was, for me, there's an operational focus or an operational thrust. But still, you know, you could actually see God sometimes in all of that. Just like when you look at your own life and you look at some of the plans you did and some of the things you went through. At first, you know, when you're right in the center, you might not have seen what God was doing, but 10 years later, when you look at the whole journey, you actually say, hey, 
you know what, God was a part of this and he, he's led me to where I am through whatever, whatever experiences I've been through. So yeah, we're repeating last year's theme. Our theme in the Pentecostal Assemblies of Zimbabwe is World Changes, um, changing the world through revival and growth, right? Growth at an individual level, growth within obviously our local churches, growth in knowing God, etc., etc. We've repeated that because we still feel that we need to continue experiencing personal revival. We need to continue experiencing revival as a church. We need to continue growing that kind of a thing so so we did that however do you know that there are people who are anti-themes mm. yeah because for them um you know themes are anti anti-progress are you suggesting then that god is starting stopping and so forth and so yeah. forth and to me i guess it's an issue of just um preference perspective and uh, different ways of running the same thing yeah yeah i like something that you said there um which is that is the last thing I want to say, T-Mac, before I hand over to you. <laughs> so that God is God is working out His plan um, in the midst of all of this, and that we we have to we also have to be conscious of that, right? That that God is doing something, and I think one of the dangers that we can run into is that we can become so um, so focused on. This is what my church is running with. This is what my man of God said, or this is what my, and then that becomes our sole focus. We've got, we've got those bumper stickers on our cars. We've got all of that stuff, right? Uh, I've been cut off in traffic by somebody who had. <laughs> I'm just like, but Brad, this, this is, you know, you know. So just think about it before you put on that bumper sticker. But, but then I think one of the key things is, are we actively thinking about? What God is doing? Are we looking for God in 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 everything we're doing? Are we conscious of God, or have we just become so swallowed up and so caught up in this is our theme? You know what I'm saying? That because I think that there's a need for us um, as a body, just as a body of believers, to be thinking. We find Zayoja might be doing this, and New Life might be doing this, and Celebration might be doing this, and then these guys don't even have a theme, and the Baptists don't care, whatever, right? But in the midst of everything that's happening, are we thinking about God? Are we thinking about what is God doing and what is God accomplishing? I think that's so important. As opposed to just thinking, this is my little track that I'm on and I want my abundance. Yeah. I, you know what I'm trying to say? You're, you're, you're right. I'm, like I'm saying, this discussion, for some reason, is really music to my ears. Let me just throw, I don't know if it's a bomb or, or something. My observation is after two or three months, the, the buzz about themes tends to, to die down mm -hmm. across the board, all right? And then special meetings come, and then people re-emphasize or talk about the themes, etc., etc. That's what I've, I tend to, to notice. Please, I, I'm speaking from a very global, um, when I say global, I mean when I just look across the I board. you're very right. You see, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I'm, I'm wanting to come back to this. The church exists, uh, if I'm to look at the Great Commission, right, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in, in, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, or if you are baptizing them in the name of Jesus, right, teaching them to observe whatever Jesus was t telling the apostles, as Matthew 28 says. Ultimately, I think the church needs to come back to that. When you're saying, are we thinking about God? How I'm listening or hearing is, are we thinking about what? 
what the overall mission or desire of God for the church right, is. Right. And what I then find, despite all these things, you know, you still find out that at the end of the day, churches are still trying to win the lost. They're still trying to, uh, yeah, to, to win the lost, evangelize, make disciples, and obviously uh, continue just to spread um, the gospel to wherever it is that they go to. Obviously, they have these catchy themes and all these wonderful themes. Please, I don't mean to disrespect or sound a demeaning of those. But ultimately, what I tend to observe is we're still just trying to, to do the same thing. I guess we're still trying to sell chicken, just sell it a little bit different, package it and so forth. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, we're all still selling chicken. <laughs> True. And just to jump on what you're saying about generally by like month three, maybe not so much the emphasis has gone down but like i don't know people the not, yeah the, the that excitement is no longer there and i think that also translates to our personal lives in terms of you're like january one i'm gonna be in the gym i'm gonna be going every day mm. and like yeah i guess mm. anyone who owns a gym can tell you that yeah we're full in january and then <laughs> february might yeah. uh, let's not even talk about april may like yeah that's mm. That tenacity, we don't quite, we don't know how to hold on to it. We don't know how to keep that excitement going, like, throughout the whole year. So, I don't know. Like, is there, how do we help ourselves, PC? <laughs> like, you, you raise a very interesting uh, uh, matter, <laughs> question. You, you're very right, eh? Not just in the spiritual sense, but uh, people tend to lose momentum mm. um, as time goes. Again, it's, a, it's an issue I think about. And I have a number of um, observations. I, I doubt we, I will be able to cover all of them or maybe share some of my thoughts within this one podcast. For instance, life being uh, a marathon. Mm. Life being a marathon and people not appreciating that aspect of life mm. makes them come out of the blocks sprinting, yeah. not appreciating the fact that um, actually here, what we on to, it's not a short race. Mm. It's a very long race. Yeah. So just just failing to appreciate that um, we're in this journey um, for a while <clears throat> tends to make some people not have a long-term focus, which is getting into my next point now, which is, um, for lack of a better word, I would say lack of a vision. Mm. And I'll explain myself. Or lack of a strong focus. If you're going to... Um, Proverbs chapter number 29, verse 18. If you go into Proverbs 29, verse 18, the Bible says something very interesting. And let me read it here. The Bible says, um, yes, where there is no vision, the people perish. But that's the King James. That's the classical version. If you listen to it in the New International Version, it says where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. You see, so when I have no idea or when I lose sight of what it is that I'm going after, okay, the restraint or the self-control that keeps me disciplined in March mm. as I was in January mm. is lost. Okay, so let me use a worldly example here. Supposing I forget that I'm going to be president of the country one day. Okay. Okay? You know, the moment you are mature enough to know what it, uh, the, the demands that are placed on you being a future president, yeah. right? You begin to live a certain way, correct? Mm -hmm. Or even if I take out president, I'm going to be an Olympic champion, 
right? Uh, already there's a certain demand yeah. that that type of vision places on a person. Mm-hmm. Now, when that vision or that ideal is lost, the discipline falls away. Yeah. Okay? And like I said, if you, if you remember how I started, it's because we're in a long-term or a long-distance kind of thing. Yeah. Okay? So where we're going, whether we want to talk about eternity, all right, or even what God is doing in our lives, it's not something that's being achieved in one month. Mm-hmm. We're in a long-term kind of pursuit of something, if I can use that, those words. So after, you know, as, as time is going, one of the things that must happen, obviously, is that the eye must continuously be kept on the prize. Mm-hmm. Followed by that, which is why I said I believe this is a long discussion, the issue of discipline, you know, the issue of just um, discipline within us as individuals, mm-hmm. right? A culture, a habit, a lifestyle of, you know, being disciplined, again, is something not many people um, have quite gotten to. Mm-hmm. And so that also results then in the buzz or the, you know, the energy yeah. being lost. Because people are not disciplined, they're able to just do something in January, mm. okay, February, March, because discipline is not part of them. They're back to their eating habits. They're back to their sleeping habits. They're back to all of those old habits. And so you find out that in many, in many sectors of life, even if you take out Christianity, you find out that the champions, you know, or people at the top tend to be fewer yeah why because discipline is nothing that the vast majority of people want to work with or be Mm. 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 (laughs) i once heard uh, somebody say that character is the ability to carry out a good resolution long after the excitement of the moment has passed Mm. or some something along those lines and i just think that I think it's really because we lack character. And um, I like that you're talking about discipline because the, the word that immediately comes to mind is the word discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of thoughts have been going through my mind. Uh, and one of the things I decided to do, not just this even last year, was that I, I sort of just want to look at, I don't need to necessarily reset everything. I think there's some things that just sort of flow, yeah, f- flow into, the, into the new year or whatever. And I'm just, I've just been thinking about the whole issue of discipleship, you know, as just as a disciple of Christ, what, what that entails and what that means. Because we can be great at following the word of the year for our church, that is the year of whatever, whatever we want to call it. But um, even when we set our goals and our resolutions, you know, m- many of our resolutions have to do with, I want a new car, I want a promotion at work. I want a girlfriend, you know, <laughs> better bank account or whatever it may be. How many of us are putting down goals where we're saying, I want to grow in my discipleship. I want to become a better disciple or I want to become more um, focused in my personal devotion. Or we often don't think of the, you know, discipleship comes with some painful things. And as we, as we set these resolutions, are we thinking about stuff like that? I mean, this is just a thought because these were questions I was asking myself, you know, that, okay, after I put down my goals and all the things I want to do, what, what about the fruit of the Spirit? Am I growing in my patience? Am I growing in my long-suffering? Am I growing in my, in my love? Um, in the things that really matter where, you know, be, being a Christian is concerned. Mm. So, you know, 
yeah, I, I, I don't know what, what you have to add to that, but I just think that's something, it's something that's so important as, as we start out the new year. My observation is, um, as a person, not even as a pastor, of course being a pastor helps because I interact with a lot of people. The average believer has got some sort of um, a sense of resolution with regards to their Christian walk. Okay, so they want to pray more. This year, they want to make sure that they read, the, they go through the Bible mm-hmm. and actually finish it, from, go from Genesis to Revelation yeah. in this year. Yeah. Uh, some are more, they, they even go deeper. I want to stop this habit. Okay, I know I do one, two, three, four, five bad things. This year, I've got to stop, etc., etc. What I notice, what I've tended to observe is, uh, is that generally people have some sort of resolution or some sort of spiritual targets. Uh, that they aspire towards. What I like about what you're saying um, when you talk about discipleship, because that's where discipline is coming, is the quality of the process of discipleship you're going through or the quality of a disciple you are determines whether you can actually follow through. Okay? My version of, or my, my understanding of a disciple is two things. Is a follower and a student. You can add discipline before both te- both 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 statements. So um, ultimately, you know how how well am I being a follower of Jesus Christ or imitating what Jesus is? Mm-hmm. Or secondly, um, learning, you know, learning who He is, what He stands for, what He expects from me, and then obviously translating that into action. A- action. What 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 that is for me essentially comes to what I'm saying, the process of discipleship. Right. And it's, 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 again, it's almost like a matrix. It's somewhat in personal and to some extent linked to wherever it is that you are, you are, you are connected. But ultimately, it's every person's individual responsibility. Mm-hmm. What do I mean? Uh, all of us are going to stand before God to give an account. And nobody's going to stand with their pastor, their apostle, their prophet, or whatever, regardless of how good or bad that person was. You know, the same way the examination board doesn't give you an A, uh, even though you failed, because in mitigation, you're such a lousy math teacher. You know, when they mark your, 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 your exam, they're not going to say, this person had a lousy math teacher, that's why they failed, so we're going to pass them. And what's, what am I trying to say this? I'm trying to say that your progress is ultimately your personal responsibility, because right. each of us are going to give an account before God. So... How is discipleship happening at a very personal level? Mm-hmm. All right, what am I doing in terms of the disciplines of that? That is going to make sure that um, I achieve my, my stated um, goals and resolutions for the year, which in a, uh, as an assumption, I would assume that they're in keeping with the Great Commission mm-hmm. and what God expects vis-a-vis his will over us as believers. Yeah. Okay, so with our spiritual goals, Mm. Um, you did say earlier that it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. So when in working that out, like, okay, say my goal is... Um, Praying four hours every day. Um. <laughs> Praying three hours, 59 minutes oh, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that one. <laughs> okay, let's do, okay, just praying daily. Praying daily. Praying yes. daily. How can one build that discipline? Because obviously... Yeah, maybe you do want to get to three hours, 59 minutes eventually, but you feel silly just doing five minutes. 
So, mm. like, how do we just kind of work that out in our daily lives? The three Ps. I talk about the three Ps. Uh, if you if you've got the three Ps, these are Pastor Craig's unpublished three Ps. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you've got these, they're going to help you um, get things done. Let's start with prayer, for example. Yeah. Let's start with prayer because it really works. How do I make sure that I pray more? Okay. Number one, how do you learn prayer? You learn prayer by praying. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, a, a baby doesn't get given diagrams. Oh, okay. To, to show, show them how to walk. Yeah. All right. They're just made to walk. Yeah. So you learn that you learn prayer through? Pray. Exactly. Number two, you learn prayer through people. Mm-hmm. Okay. You learn prayer through people or if you want instruction. Okay. So the people around you, presumably from your church, your pastor or that system, and so forth, and it's attendance structures, mm-hmm. right? The right people around you are going to teach you prayer. And then number three, you learn prayer through, what can I say? I said, I said what? Prayer. You learn prayer through prayer? Mm-hmm. You learn prayer through people? Yeah. And then you learn prayer through discipline, mm-hmm. all right? Maybe I would call that practice, okay. right? The actual, the actual walking. But I'm talking from a discipline perspective here. All right, you learn it from that practice. And where is that practice coming from? It's actually coming from the scriptures. Yes. Okay, so I just put a P there. Maybe I should have put a, an S there, right? That the manuscript or our directing, our direction manuscript or our, our maps is the word of God. Mm-hmm. It's where the practice of prayer comes from. You link that with the actual praying, and then you are connected to people that pray. It's going to build a habit. Now let's move that to anything, okay? Let's supposing it's financial. You've you decided to be a, a, a generous giver. Mm-hmm. You know you're concerned about your giving in the past year, and you feel convicted that you know what, of of whatever God is blessing you with, you need to be very intentional. Again, you know, you need to start giving. We can lecture you, we can teach you, we can do all sorts of things, which work by the way, but. The practice, the, 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 the actual deed has to happen. Mm-hmm. People around you have to be there. The word of God has to be the foundation upon all of that. So that's why I say the three Ps, but maybe the third P is, this isn't a very perfect P. But yeah, you know, you go to practice, you need people. And you, in fact, I should have said principle. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So it's principle. By principle, I'm talking about the word of God. Okay. okay. As long as the word of God is entering your system, even if you're determined not to do anything, mm. all right, the more the word of God is entering, remember the word is spirit. Yeah. It's not just another book. As long as it's entering into your system, it's going to cleanse you. John, you are clean because of the words I've already spoken to you. Yeah. Right. So as long as scripture is entering into you, that's the principle. It's establishing a habit whether you like it or not. Next, whenever you've got people that are ministering to you, okay, and influencing you, all right, people around you that are walking the same path is going to do something. Then the third thing is actual the actual practice, all right, the actual doing of that thing. You know, whatever you start doing, you get better at it. Whatever you stop doing, you develop some sort of atrophy. Okay? So that's what happens. That's what I would say would help a person, you know, be uh, diligent in going after those things. Mm-hmm. So who are the people around me who are also along the same path? Am I always in the word? Is the word speaking to me to keep me on that same path? And then am I actually actually practicing and actually doing doing whatever it is that I've set out to do? Mm-hmm. So that's how I see um, our ability to what? To be able to carry it forward, yeah. 
like, I like, I like what you're saying, um, and especially about the disciplines. Mm. Um, you can even call them vital disciplines because, mm-hmm. really, that's the only way you can stay the course. Mm-hmm. If if you have some sort of a um, tracking mechanism, if you have something that's keeping you in check, um, and also if you have worth worth worthwhile goals. Mm-hmm. The question I just want to pose to our audience is. Um, for those of you who are Christians, those of you who are um, serving in churches and whatever, uh, how many of you can actually look back at the previous year and say whatever the message of the year for your church was, you you can confidently say that you you saw it play out, or not just that you saw it play out, which is going to lead to my next point, um, or, but but that you yeah you you can you can tick it you can actually tick it off and say hey. I, I saw I saw God doing this, but then the other thing is that um, my pastor said at the beginning of the year something that I, that that really hit me. He said that things don't change just because it's a new year. Things don't just become new because it's a new year, mm-hmm. right? There's there's stuff that you need to do. The the decisions that you have to make to actually say, okay, this is a new year. It's a new opportunity for me to turn over a new leaf. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a more disciplined prayer life. I'm going to start cutting off <laughs> some people from from my life. I'm going to s- stop watching certain things or, you know, we, we know all those things. But it's something that you have to actively do because that's the only way things are actually going to change. It's not going to change just because it's 2023, new year, new me. New you isn't coming if mm-hmm. you're still doing but old. But I'm a if new you're still creation, doing old Iowa. You. The old is past. I'm a new creation in Christ. Yeah, yeah you're misquoting that scripture. Anyway, <laughs> I can, I'm going to use it in this context. <laughs> it's a new year, I'm a new creation. Okay, but hey, if it rocks your boat, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I just think it's so it's so important because um, maybe maybe just to, I guess you've already kind of spoken about it because I was going to say um, some practical steps that guys can take, but then you, you've, you've already done that. Uh, but I, okay, maybe PC, just I want to hear from you as uh, somebody who's a clergyman um, that you've obviously observed these things, you've seen these things play out in, in, in people's lives. What, what can we do to, especially as, as church folk, what, what, what are some, so, so there's the disciplines, right? But I think over and above that, what are some worthwhile goals that you believe we should, we should pursue? Uh, maybe yeah, just as believers to, to make us even more fruitful. What, what are some worthwhile goals that you think it would be good for us to, to pursue beyond the disciplines? You know what? I think the question is, uh, like I'm saying today for me, this discussion is music to my ears, eh? If we were to look at that, for me, we just go back to the scripture or to the Bible and see what the Bible expects of us, right? Wherever you want to point yourself to, although it always comes to the same, to the same thing. But for the sake of this con- uh, conversation, perhaps I'll just, I'll just narrow down my, 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 my responses to particular things. If you're a believer, for instance, I think it's decent that each year you expect to win people over to Christ. Right? Because it is the Great Commission. That's good. Right? I think that whatever plan you might make, 
if there is nothing to do with bringing someone into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, somehow, some way, um, you're off. You're off the course. All right. And here I could almost say I'm almost running ahead of myself. Right. I would think that everybody must, at the very base, desire to become more like Christ. Right. Remember what Peter says. He says, but you grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So for me, it's, it's a basic plan that everybody must have. Perhaps we've already talked about it and I'm repeating myself here. But at the very base, you know, a person must desire firstly to grow at a personal level. They must desire to win someone to Christ. They must desire that um, and plan and have some sort of target to ensure that they service in the local church. Because you can't talk about Christ without the church. I can't talk about loving Christ and not loving his body. Christ without the church is a head, is, is a body, is a head without a body. All right? If you love Christ, you love his church. Right? You cannot talk about Christ and not the church. You can't talk about the church without Christ. Mm -hmm. Right? And remember, all of us are a part of that body. So surely I must have some sort of idea. Even before in courts, God has spoken to me. Right? What I must do in terms of my service in the house. So the question would be, T-Mac, T-Mac, this year, how are you going to serve God better in your local church? Because you are built for that. The moment you don't do that, Kuda, guess what? You are somehow, some way, um, not breaking the matrix, but you're, you're disturbing the flow or you're, you're interrupting with what God should be doing, wherever it is that you're, 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 you're planted. So a person must obviously desire to do something like that. A person must, must plan financially, you know, to make a, a significant contribution into the advancement of the gospel. Besides you inviting somebody to church or going to win over somebody, I think it must matter to somebody to say, you know what, this year, what is my budget, you know, with regards to the advancement of the gospel? Hmm. And I must say the Western countries uh, or the Western church has, 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 has somewhat... Um, has somewhat perfected this art here, mm -hmm. all right? Despite their challenges and so forth, they're very intentional about doing, about, I'm not talking about doing something about missions here, just overly. I'm talking about the financial part, right. all right? Insofar as the contribution to the advancement of the gospel. Why is this important? All of us know that the Bible says that where your treasure is, you know, that's where your heart. The truth of the matter is uh, our love for God also is shown, mm -hmm. you know, by how that, um, that the financial um, engine of our lives is running. But how many people sit down before we think about the house, we want to build, extend, sell, and so forth, but how we want to sort out our, you know, our annuities and our retirement packages as if we're going to be here forever, ETC, of course we're not. Shouldn't there honestly be a target which is financial with regards to the advancement of the gospel? That I must visit at the end of this year to say, you know what, God, this is not even about me getting more money because I put money into the church or into the gospel. But listen, I played a part in advancing the gospel. And I want to look back and say, how, how did that go? How we started? Right. How it's going? Yeah. That kind of a thing. And I think um, to some extent there's a lot more, you know, blessing in that. Remember when Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. I think it goes beyond just stacks of money coming back to you. But you know, you're putting money into something 
into something meaningful. I'm saying this because I this. I'm part of groups, you know, as many of us would be, old high school groups, old primary school groups, you know, a community group. And you see the passion with which, with which people want to revive their school, yeah. want to do something about the roads in their community, and so forth and so forth. Sure, and people are very willing, you know, to commit money. Yeah. which they've worked for with, with no expectation of getting anything back yeah. to advance those things. What about the gospel? Yeah. So your personal growth, your financial input, your service into the local church, and even your particular evangel personal evangelism. Right. Right. Not waiting for somebody else to do it, but for you to personally go after someone. I think these are some of the, you know, goals, even habits, yeah. even deeds we must go after. You know, and think about with each passing year. Yeah, we were our towards the end of the year last year. Um, at my, my my church, we were my um, pastor for several <clears throat> months. Actually, he ran a theme called Back to Basics, mm. um, and I loved it because it it was just really coming back to um, to these disciplines and these important things, the the basics. And isn't it crazy that as Christians we can become so. It, we, we can become so um, ritualistic in the way that we do our things. You know, we, we've got this ritual, this routine. You go to church, you do this, but you can't remember the last time that you ever spoke to a new person about God. You know, and I'm thinking about that. You know, how how often are we taking the time to to think about people who are lost? Uh, but then that also requires for us to live exemplary lives, right? That requires that we we really become those lights. And I'm and I'm I'm just feeling the need to emphasize this because. Right now, in the world that we're living in, where there's, there's so many different voices, so many different movements, so many different things, there's a lot of noise. Often, we're not spending enough time talking about the things that matter for us as believers. You know, uh, Peter says, 1 Peter 3.15, that each one of you must be prepared to give a, a response, an answer to, for, for the reason why you, you... for the hope that is within you, mm. right? He, he's talking about that... Um, be prepared always to give a defense. Mm. And that's where the whole concept of apologetics comes from. But that means for you, for you to, to always be ready, it means that you have to always be preparing. You have to mm. be thinking proactively to say, hey, if somebody were to ask me why I have this hope within me, if somebody were to ask me why I believe what I believe, what am I going to say to them? If there are objections, how am I going to address them? But it's a proactive position or stance that we're taking. Um, so I think this is just some challenges that I'm giving to myself and, and I guess to those of us who are listening as well, just to say, um, and, you know, together with what PC and TMAC here are saying that what, what can we do better to become better Christians, better disciples, better, uh, members of the body of the body of Christ. And I think the, the money one is a big one because often what happens is that there's a lot of talk about, Hey, people are, the church is eating your money, what, what, what. But the reality, guys, is that we're all here today because somebody contributed money, right? We're all here today because there was a church for us to go to. And so we, we now have to be thinking about, okay, fine, yes, there may be people who have mismanaged money and th that will always be there. But what if we actually decided to say, hey, this year I want to give X amount into my local church or into this parrot church movement or into this missions thing whatever it is but to really partner with god um with our finances specifically with our finances i think that's just something so profound can i can i say this um 
I want to go back to my fellow compatriots, uh, the leaders. You said clergymen. Yes. As clergymen. <laughs> we have a really big responsibility to play because we are the agenda setters. We are agenda setters. And uh, to my fellow pastors who might be listening to this, what we normally put as an emphasis becomes what the church pursues. So in a place where evangelism, for in instance, is talked about, you know, John Maxwell, what gets talked about, gets done. In a place where evangelism is talked about, that's what you tend to see playing out. In a place where, and please, no offense, deliverance, casting out of devils is talked about, you tend to see that. In a place where prophecy is emphasized, you tend to see that. So what am I saying? Um, we are like the newspapers or the media, as pastors or as leaders, who really set out the agenda that many people then follow which is to some extent why we're going to be judged a little bit different to everybody else. So for me, it's incumbent or it's, it's important on us as the leaders of the church to ensure that we keep the main thing as the main thing. Otherwise, we've got a bunch of people who can just be pursuing something in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the, the, the Bible talks about it. It's Paul who says using godliness as a means for financial gain. We can quite easily shift God into a means of just get a, get a bigger house, get a bigger car, and so and so forth and so forth. All right. So, us pastors must must are a key player in people becoming focused towards the things that they actually ought to become focused in the world which is full of consumerism, mm -hmm. in the world which is loud with other things where the church sometimes is, is being pressured to act or become like the world. So I just sort of just threw that in there to say, you know what, we pastors must make sure we get our act right to, so that the people don't, you know, don't stray here. Yeah. That's good, PC. That's good. I like that. Then, of course, there are going to be many marriages. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And children. Wow. And all these wonderful things that are, that, that are, that are going to happen. Maybe lastly, as, as we wrap up, um... They also—I <laughs> hardly feel the need to say this—but uh, there are also things that we need to stop doing, right? So <laughs> maybe do you want to just speak into that a, a little bit? Stop sinning, <laughs> or something worse would happen to you. This is J Jesus to the man in the Book of John. He's just healed him, and um, they meet a little bit later on. Jesus says, "I see, and I see that you're well now." Stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. I know I just use sin as a blanket term there. But generally, if I might speak, everybody has a fair appreciation of what they need to stop doing. If we be absolutely honest, unless your conscience has really gone to the dogs, right? Generally, everybody has an appreciation of the things that they need to stop doing. Again, I speak as a pastor who talks to people. In most cases, you're not having to tell somebody what to stop doing. They're the ones who come and say, I need to stop doing this. Yeah. Maybe where your question then becomes a lot stronger is maybe the underlying things that lead to that. Because I normally say that for me, sin is never the, the actual problem. It's the things that cause you to that are absent, which lead you to sin. Okay. Like, for example, where the word is very little, sin is going to be a lot. Okay. Where prayer is, again, little, those disciplines, mm -hmm. you know, sin and those missteps are going to be little. 
where you don't have an authority over you, a pastor, and, and people around you, brethren around you, for accountability, where little of that is there, mm -hmm. you're going to find sin being the problem. So what we actually mustn't deal with is sin, or what we must stop doing is those disciplines we, we, we started to offer. Back, so we, we come back to square one, full circle. like um, snakes and ladders. <laughs> mm. I like that. Yeah. Thank you, PC. As always. As, as usual. I don't know, do you practice this stuff before you come? <laughs> Every single day at 2 a.m. I sit in this dark room <laughs> and I go through the motions. <laughs> hey, man, guys, I think we're dealing with a cult leader here. <laughs> <laughs> no, jokes. Thank you, PC. We always appreciate having you. Um, always so refreshing. Um, and, yeah, I just think, guys, let's... Let's... What I call it. Let's endeavor to make this year different i know we always say that at the beginning of every year but i think if we actually decided that this year is going to be the best year ever you know that this year we're gonna we're gonna pursue god like we've never done before this year we're gonna stop doing nonsense <laughs> this year we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna we're gonna put we're gonna put our money where our mouth is we're gonna do just just be different and really uh become those followers of christ that we need to be i, I really believe that we're gonna see god do some amazing stuff or he, he's he's already been doing amazing stuff so maybe we're gonna see it for what it is amen you know? to yeah. that amen awesome awesome thank you guys for your time for listening to radiant culture once again please share this episode with anyone who you think it might help and we look forward to hanging out with you next week yeah always man peace thank you for listening to this week's episode of the radiant culture podcast if you want to make a contribution make a suggestion or have a request you can get in touch with us via email on radiant at the or inbox us on facebook and twitter look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know god bless it's hot it's fresh it's uncut hashtag real talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.